The temps are warmer, you've mowed the lawn, and maybe even turned on the AC a time or two. It's definitely spring. So SpI.com is having their spring sale. Log on now and get local deals up to 50% off before they're gone. SpI.com. This podcast is a part of the Newhoff Media Podcast Network. Have you been pre-approved, Mr. Brown? Oh, yeah. <laughs> For borrowing what? money for is what? something I'm pretty good at. No, no, I just I wasn't even talking about borrowing money. I just wonder oh. if, if in your life you've been pre-approved. Oh no, that'd be a hold. I doubt that anybody pre-approved. You know, we might have some you know, under further review of the play stands, but uh, <laughs> yeah, not pre-approved. All right, what's the big deal? I, and I don't know how familiar you're familiar with everything, even though you deny uh, <laughs> the the safety act. Why all of a sudden is it getting all the play? It be is it because it's now become an election issue for many people? Yeah, it's about the only thing the uh, Republicans have got to talk about. And uh, I, I heard one uh, some a guest on your show earlier this week. I forget who I don't remember who it was, but uh, talking about how the you know, the, the bill, nobody t- testified about the bill. The bill, that whole concept was part of a, a, a really broad series of, of uh, ideas the Black Caucus initiated in the House and the Senate. And they had hours and hours of hearings on all these things. And, it, you know, the exact final language made out of that hearings, but nobody could really say, oh, we didn't have a chance to testify. We couldn't do this. We couldn't do that. So... That's really a, a kind of red herring people are throwing out. And, and then I think it's going to take some, some thought and work by everybody involved in the criminal justice system going forward uh, to see what they do. They've got to think about charges. They've got to think about presenting cases to judges. Judges will have to reflect. It's, it can't be automatic. Okay, we pulled this, this dude or dudette off the street. Let's toss them in the, in the slammer for a while and see how what works out. And that's a, that's the correction we're trying to make, and it'll take some some um, probably some more fine tuning. I think Speaker Welch said that in the speech earlier this week, but that, that can happen. In the meantime, I think some good will be done. Does that mean the governor will go along with that fine tuning, or will he and Speaker Welch be in consultation before it gets to that point? Oh, I, I think there's been consultation all through the process. I think uh, President Harmon, Speaker Welch. Uh, Speaker Madigan, who, who you know, looked through those, in the last months of his service, uh, those hearings occurred uh, in part because he he helped move along and moved along the passage of the bill. And it was a complex set of bills, and that's why it took as long as it did. And it did go down to the final hours of, of the last general assembly. That all said... Uh, they all, I think, pretty well work together and have worked together for the last basically two years to do the implementation. And uh, we'll see at the beginning of the year. Um, I guess it'll come in. I guess there'll be a few bumps in the road like there probably is with any major new program that's initiated by a business or a government. Uh, and in all the, the hoopla right now, is just, you know, kind of desperation. We've got a group that, you know, they're led by a guy who, well, the first guy they were led by fled to Florida uh, after losing miserably in the primaries you know, earlier in the summer. Uh, the new guy, you know, he wants to start by building a statewide image by causing, calling, uh, uh, what, a third of the state's population uh, names. 
which I just saw a piece John Jackson did for uh, you know professor, professor at Southern Illinois University talking about how that probably is not the way to kick off a, a statewide campaign effort. Are you surprised? Help me out. I, I mean, we don't see a lot of commercials in Springfield. Maybe you see them in Tazewell County or Peoria. I'm not sure. Is this thing, I mean, there are even the candidates, you just don't see a lot of people spending a lot of time downstate. Maybe I'm missing it. Are, are they all just concentrating in Chicago? I mean, especially even some of the Republicans? Yeah, well, Sam, I think they're downstate early. Okay. Uh, you know, that's that. That's the best time to do it, especially in the warm weather months when there's outdoor events and you can get to crowds more easily. Uh it, in the campaigns, as long as I've been around Illinois, which is quite a while now, uh, you concentrate in the big cities where the, the more people watching the news, you know, when the news covers anything, and more people who come to events. That's pretty traditional. Uh, you know, uh, Dan Brady and Governor Edgar, Edgar picking his sole statewide candidate, it sounded like, for, uh, for uh, you know, the, the November election yesterday. Uh, he had made some critical comments at a a blog uh, pod, or podcast, I guess it was, I watched the other day with Pat Pinkston, uh, where he talked about the, the, the guy who's running against Prisker was the uh, probably the weakest candidate. Then he made some comment about maybe his style would work in Mississippi. And I thought, wow, okay. And, you know, I, I respect Jim Edgar. He had some good uh, good moments. Uh, at the end of his kind of end of his administration, uh, he and the Speaker Manigan were able to work pretty well together. How in the uh, you know we, we've talked about this. I don't see a, a lot of stories. Are, are there no investigative reporters around whatsoever? I mean, I, I, and me and you've kind of touched on this one time at the fair. We were talking off air. You know, there's nobody when you ask, oh, what's so and so been doing the last four or five years or 10 years or give me a little background on this divorce. There's really not a lot in any paper. Am I right? Just not a lot of investigative reporting. Well, sadly, the media has thinned out, especially in the traditional outlets that you and I grew up either working for or watching or reading. Um, things are changing a little bit. You have a few sort of not-for-profit news organizations that have some resources, that are doing some in-depth stuff. Uh, a lot of it uh, data-driven, uh, which can be an interesting way to approach journalism. Uh, but but some of that in-depth and, and the ability to go send three people, uh, you know, to look through every nook and cranny about some new figure in, in, uh, in, in government, uh, just isn't there anymore. I don't know if that returns. Uh, I know. I remember when Barack Obama first got up to speed running for president. The Tribune had about ten reporters, period. Over, you know, they were filing free information requests for every letter that man might have written to members of the Illinois House and and things like that. I'm not suggesting they were doing it uh, looking for impropriety. They just wanted to build a record of his history, and you see nothing like that. Uh, today, uh, you saw one story. I think the Tribune might have done about um, the, the fellow running against JB's uh, farming operations and his money and things like that. And uh, uh, that's about it. That's about it. Would you agree with uh, Governor Edgar that um, that maybe the best chance, <laughs> the only chance, 
uh, the best chance that the Republicans have to win a statewide office as the Secretary of State? Is that what it's looking uh, based on what you're hearing and reading? Well, I mean, I, I know Representative Brady pretty well. I, I think he's got a good reputation. I think he's moving around the state. I think he's uh, probably terribly under-resourced right now. I, I saw, I think there were some stories, I think they're this morning, uh, about contributions that Governor Pritzker has made to the other members of the statewide ticket. So there'll be financial support there. They'll be able to get you know, the various kinds of advertising you do these days to get that stuff out. And uh, I, I'm not sure the Republicans have much going for them. The only thing I know, there's still a pile of money. You know, Ken Griffin created with Jim Nolan that that uh, committee where they, uh, you know, where they used to the, uh, the confessed congressman Ray LaHood to go out and attack uh, uh, Justice Kilbride uh, last time around. That, that committee still got a couple million dollars. Now, Nolan quit it. And it's run by two guys out of state that I think are mostly uh, uh, campaign staffers. So th- there may be somebody they toss in those Supreme Court races toward the end. Or maybe they shift it around. I, I don't know. Uh, Brady, uh, a press release had a lot of endorsements, uh, firefighters. I, I was shocked that the IEA, Illinois Education Association, uh, which normally endorses Democrat candidates and probably will everybody else on the on the ticket Democrat, they, they endorsed Dan Brady. Uh, do endorsements move the needle, or what does it provide you maybe some ground troops or just gives you ammunition if you want to put some things in your advertising of who's who's supporting you? Yeah, it, it depends on how you use it, obviously. So it's not just an automatic where, okay, this group sorts this candidate. If, if the group then goes, mobilizes its membership to go knock on doors or call friends or write letters, you know, all the things you do. Uh, if that happens, uh, maybe they give them some uh, money. Uh, it, it could be a big help, especially if it's a big group. Uh, IEA is certainly one of the big group. The firefighters, uh, I think we're in that at that uh, program yesterday. Uh, they're, both the teachers and the firefighters are terrific because not only do they, they uh, you know, they have some membership, but they take the membership as willing to go out and knock on doors. You know, unlike a lot of groups, that, oh, we're for somebody. Okay, great. Uh, and then I'll vote for that person, but do I just want to go out with a group of eight or ten of my friends and cover some neighborhoods and knock on doors? That's a that's a big deal. That personal contact still uh, can turn a lot of heads. Uh, what are you doing? Construction at your house? Sounds like somebody's putting up a new wall. What are you doing? <laughs> no, no, I'm at the uh, I'm at Five Points. I was riding my bike, oh, and then I decided okay. to get off the bike and, and come down to talk to you. But there's still some machines, you know going when things slamming together all right hey, uh, you know hey, 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 you, you, well, we've talked about that. i'm going to go completely off the rails here for a minute we've been oh, talking you're talking about cardinals baseball no we were talking the other day or yesterday and some people says how long is it going to take a lot of springfield people in fort myers and venice and sarasota and and but the fort myers certainly was that was the, the headquarters if you will the the eye of the storm and somebody's saying, how long does it take for a community like Fort Myers to rebuild? Let me go back to, to your experience. 2013, devastating tornado goes through Washington, Illinois. Probably not nearly the metropolitan area that, that Fort Myers is. But, but how long did it take for you folks in Washington, Illinois, to recover completely and close to some sort of normalcy uh, after that tornado yeah. in 13? It took, a, it took about... 
two or three years, I'd say, Sam, before everybody who wanted to rebuild uh, and repair you know, where they were uh, were able to get that work done. It, it, it was amazing. You know, there were a thousand homes. It's a community of about, well, back then, maybe 12,000 people. It's a little bigger now. Uh, but it, it, it took months and months just clear the debris. I mean, every day there, there were lines of those big, uh, you know, hauler trucks with, with all the debris being moved in and out. Uh, and then it took, um, I'd say two and a half, three years. And now we're, you know, not only back to normal, more homes are being built. People are coming to the community. Uh, there's a couple of those tracts of land that, that didn't get redevelopment. One that was an apartment complex and the owners have the land. I think they live in the Chicagoland area. Uh, nobody, I guess, has made the right offer for what they want. Um, and, and, and that, that's, that's huge. I, I, I had some text messages back and forth last night with a family who spends quite a bit of time down there who's from Springfield. I won't mention the name, but they described, uh, the Fort Myers area as utter devastation that will take years to replace. You know, and, and the, the, the bad thing is that it's not like you need to go hire one of the contractors. You know, everybody wants to save, you know, has contractors and we got to get our, our boats repaired. We got to get our houses rebuilt. Uh, you know, stores are all devastated. Uh, it, it can be a mind-numbing thing. Does Governor Pritzker, as far does he pay out of his own money for his campaign? Does he depend a lot on fundraising or getting huge sums of money from different organizations, or has he been known pretty much to just finance his own campaign? Uh, Sam, I have not looked at the reports, which everybody can do, but I think he's largely self-funding these things. My guess is there are organizations uh, who are also willing to make contributions. I don't know that he's taking them in, but uh, uh, I think it's mostly self-funded. What about, okay, let's talk a little about the the governor probably in the U.S. Senate race we hear nothing about, again, uh, Mrs. Salvi running against uh, Senator Duckworth, and that certainly, and maybe it's getting more play in the Chicago area than it is down here. Uh, You'd be hard-pressed to find many signs for either one of the candidates, by the way. Um, What effect is, is if in fact, uh, Darren Bailey isn't moving the needle and so on and so forth, Potentially, or even in reality, how is he going to affect the down-ballot races? Will Republicans stay home, or will Republicans, we heard a guy today, said, well, I'm going to go vote, but I'm just going to leave that one blank. Uh, how does that impact the down-ballot races? Well, it, it, it affects the core of the vote you're trying to get. So everybody goes out to get the, the voters of their party and then independence, and maybe they can find a disgruntled member of another party. And if uh, uh, the candidate at the top is, is not doing any of that, and in fact probably turning off some people in his own party, uh, you know, those people are more susceptible to a, a message from, say, a Democrat. Uh, and, and probably, I mean, most, I never can understand people who don't vote, okay? Even if you don't like the people uh, you can pick and choose. Uh, you can even write your name in if you want, you know, if you don't like some office. So I don't understand the not voting, but there are people who do it. I don't get it, but, you know. And, and so some of those people might just say, the heck with it, I'll come back in two years and, uh, you know, we can reelect Joe Biden. 
Do you think, okay, go with that. Yeah, right. Do you think. I thought I'd just see if everybody's still awake. Well, yeah, you put you to sleep on that one. Uh, that's, the one that, that's the one that gave us the night law. Uh, do you think that uh, there was, without naming one, uh, do you think there was a candidate or two for Republican for governor that would have been a better challenge and a better alternative than the candidate they now have leading their charge? Well, probably, probably there could have been. Um, I know you talked, I've talked about Kirk Dillard. Right. Uh, I think I spoke with him, I think, during the fair two years ago. Maybe it was three years ago, two years ago, I guess. Um, and he thought, you know, okay, he recognized it. Yeah, that would be attractive. But he thought he had, that time had passed by in his life. Uh, there are probably other people out there that might have been able to mount a campaign. You know, the, the real setback is you had, you know, had Griffin's all that money, and it was basically wasted, you know. Uh, with, and I don't understand, because the people who were supposed to be doing the work had good reputations. So somehow, I guess, you have a bad day or a month or a bad $50 million. I don't But it's, uh, it was stunning, and that just sets it all back. And, you know, and then they pick people probably who could have been decent down ballot candidates, uh, um, you know, and, and uh, put them in the wrong place, gave them the wrong things to talk about. Uh, and had to, oh, none of that worked for them either, I don't think, right? If, in fact, you see um, a, a red wave nationally, at least in the House, I'm not so sure of the Senate, I think that's certainly up for grabs still, but in the House, uh, they're probably going to pick up, I would say, Republicans anywhere between 20 to 40 seats, maybe more. But let's just say 20 to 40 seats, which is kind of a normal off-year election, and it may be bigger than that. But but that doesn't seem to impact Illinois. There's nobody in Illinois, if a Republican, very optimistic about you know winning any new congressional seats, taking over control of the House or Senate, uh, any of the statewide candidates really having a chance, maybe outside of Dan Brady. Uh What's that all about? Are we just that different, or is the vote simply locked in Chicago and those people? The turnout, how important is turnout going to be in this election? I mean, turnout's always important. I mean, it's, you can go around the state for uh, weeks and months talking about things, and if you don't then find a way in the last couple of weeks in this period we're in right now to get out the vote, uh, it's all a waste. So, and you got to motivate people. you got to contact them. But now there's so many ways to do that. And, you know, people in Illinois, even though it has the appearance of being lopsided, I know they're very concerned about electing any of these uh, Republican House members because, uh, uh, you, you know, they'll just go out there and then Kevin McCarthy will throw a, a national absolute ban on abortion on the board and they'll be forced to vote for it. So you don't want to risk uh, having anybody. You know, the, the woman who's running against Nikki Buzinski, uh, the woman who's running against the Mr. Sorensen up in the Rockford area to replace Sherry Bustos. You don't want to take a chance. Of, they may be okay people, but you don't want them out there. Because they'll, be, they'll just be whipped in line by McCarthy. Yeah, but, That's an awful thing but, to look but, forward to. But wait a minute. Won't, won't Nancy Pelosi do the same thing? And hasn't she done the same thing? I mean, you know, both parties, they're just human, gonna, human beings are human gonna, beings. She's not going to whip them in line, Sam, to, to do things that are just a disaster for 
uh, health care and women's rights. I, I don't. Mean, that, that's the difference. That's, I don't think Kevin difference. McCarthy could get that done, even with the Republican members of the House. I don't think he can yeah, get that well, done. It, and and John Roberts said it was all subtle law. So I would say leave nothing to chance. Well, if I was talking to anybody and the people I've heard talk back to me, leave nothing to chance. Keep those people out of Washington. But it's but it's working in other states if they're going to pick up majority in the house. We'll see. We'll see. She's reporting. I mean, she's like yep. on every seventy-two hours, the numbers bounce. You're right. You're right. That I, I'll acknowledge. I'll acknowledge that that uh, there is that prospect. There is that tradition of uh, of midterms. The pop party opposite the president in office a win, uh, and uh, the Democrats seem to have some problems. I'd say that that appears to be narrowing and makes it more important for people to go vote. If they have friends in other states to communicate with them to go vote the way they think, you know, and, and people may think differently than I do. So you have to communicate with people. Just don't think it's uh, telepathic. All right, my brother, anything else? You're not going to make it down for right, Burke. What? what do you think the Cardinals get to the World Series? That'd be their twelfth World Series. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's going to be a yeah, long reach. I'll, I'll see you there. For the, I'll see you there for the celebration. All right. You, okay. are, are you going to be in Springfield soon? You coming down election uh, night? You know, I, my schedule's a little fluid right now. I'm trying to just work on the Cardinal schedule, and, and we'll go from there. <laughs> and when I get through town, I'll bring Paul some donuts. He was especially disappointed that all he got to me was a phone call. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> Have a good day. See you, man. <laughs> All right. Thanks, pal. Take care. You've been listening to the Newhoff Media Podcast Network. For more, visit newhoffmedia.com.